Well, that's just your interpretation. It's funny to me because that is the criticism that I get more than anything else when somebody disagrees with something I've said on Truth Currents or maybe even something that I've said from my own pulpit on a Sunday morning. Well, that's just your interpretation of the Bible. Well, it's interesting because they mean that as a trump card. Let me explain why it's not quite the mic drop moment that they think it is. When we come to study scripture, there is a process. We call it a hermeneutical process. That means there is a method by which we interpret the Bible. We understand based on the genre, the kind of text it is, is it prophecy, is it poetry, is it history, is it teaching as it, like in Paul's letters. And it's important for us to know the kind of text that we're dealing with. And then it's important to know the grammatical makeup of the text as well as the historical context behind the, that, that text of scripture. Exegesis is hard work. It involves uh, the original languages of Greek and Hebrew and even a little bit of Aramaic. It involves putting ourselves in the place of the author and understanding what he intended and what the original audience would have understood about a text. When people in our generation disagree with something, they use this criticism, well, that's just your interpretation of the Bible. And the problem with that, they think that that just sort of allows them to disagree and it just allows them to, to sort of walk away uh, without engaging the topic. You see, that's just your interpretation. What they mean is, well, I don't see it that way. Well, here's the problem with that. In the New Testament, Jesus makes it clear to us that it is possible to come to a specific, agreed upon, meaningfully communicated uh, purpose behind the text of Scripture. In other words, the Bible is not just a, a random collection of sayings that we each sort of interpret on our own. There's a historical context, there's a grammatical structure, there's a genre to consider, and all of these things go into helping us understand what the author intended to communicate. Now, there are texts in the Bible that are difficult to understand, and there is room there for varying interpretations of well-meaning people who do the hard work of exegesis. But that's not typically what happens in most social justice conversations. Really, what happens here is they say, well, you know, that's just your interpretation. The fact of the matter is the areas of Scripture that are so difficult for us to understand that we save space, we allow margin, we give grace to other people's understanding because it is a difficult place to, to, to make sense of, of some of the things that are said because we're so far removed from that first audience. But the overwhelming percentage of Bible verses that are given to us have a very clear meaning that can be arrived at, that can be understood. See, here's the problem with the crowd that, that dismisses anything that I say by saying, well, that's just your interpretation of the Bible. What they should say, if they were intellectually honest, is let's sit down 
and do the hard work of exegesis so that we can come to a recognizably uh, sound understanding of the text that we can both agree upon so that we can understand what the text actually means. In fact, it's just the opposite that usually takes place. When somebody says, well, that's just your interpretation of the text, what they mean is, I'm too intellectually lazy to do the hard work of understanding the scriptures, so I'm just going to agree with the parts that I like, and I'm gonna dismiss anything I don't like as your interpretation. See, the implication is, is that the Bible, they are 100% in tune with God and that everything God has to say in his word lines up perfectly with their political viewpoints at every point. So if there's anything that I say from scripture that disagrees with their viewpoint, they say, well, that's, that's just your interpretation, and they dismiss it. Here's the problem. That is not only an, a, a denial of our ability to understand the word of God, but it's an implicit denial of our ability to understand any written communication. What they don't realize is that by saying, well, if I don't agree with it, that's just your wrong interpretation. By dismissing the Bible so casually, what they're saying is nobody can write anything and have an objective meaning to the words they use unless I agree with it. I doubt that there's a doctor or a scientist or an engineer. I doubt that there's any professional or, or marketing person or, or, or MBA who runs a, uh, who is CEO of a company. I doubt that there's anybody anywhere in the world that uses written communication that doesn't have a reasonable expectation that they can communicate what they mean and that the recipient of that communication can understand what they mean. Now, there's always the possibility of inflection, of, of secondary meanings of words. Sometimes things have to be clarified. But the dismissal of that's just your interpretation is not just a dismissal of the Word of God. It's a dismissal of all written communication in human interaction. It's ridiculous. If you want to disagree with me, first of all, I don't care what your opinion is. I don't care whether you like the message or not. Now, if you'll come sit down with me and look at scripture with me so that we can do the work of exegesis and come to an understanding of what the text means, then you can find your way to correct me if my understanding of the text can be shown to be inconsistent with what the text actually means once we've put the effort into interpretation. But if you wanna just sort of blow it off and say, well, that's just your interpretation. Yeah, it is. But see, there's only one of us in this conversation that's actually done the work in the text to have anything resembling a reasonable interpretation of scripture, and probably it's me. Let me give you a couple of examples. This last week, you saw in the news this uh, expulsion from the uh, Tennessee legislature of three lawmakers that created a ruckus and, and were expelled from their positions. One of them is um, a Tennessee lawmaker by the name of Justin Pearson. Justin Pearson preached a sermon at a Unitarian Universalist church in Memphis recently, 
And in his sermon, he took as his text two verses of Scripture. They're in the 16th chapter of Mark, and the verses say this. It's, it's a text that speaks about, um, about the fact that Christians will be able to do extraordinary things as God makes that available to meet the situation, uh, specific situations that they're placed in. For, it says, for example, speaking about signs and wonders, these signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not harm them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Now, those verses are, uh, are a bold description of what God can do in specific situations where it is to His glory to use Christians in an out-of-the-ordinary kind of way. But if we sit down and we grapple with this text, we would want to come to an understanding of what the first century audience understood when they read these words for the very first time. Because you see, it doesn't much matter what our take on the words are. It doesn't much matter on what they mean to me. What matters is what they meant to the author and how they were understood by that first audience. That's what we're trying to get at. Using that text uh, about uh, handling snakes and drinking poison, this politician pretending to be a biblical exegete said that those verses contain prophecy for those of us who are queer. He goes on to say that, talking about the transgender movement, he says the that the, the transgender people will be able to pick up the snakes of hatred, the snakes of transphobia. All right, here's the thing. The very people who listen to me and say, oh, that's just your interpretation. That doesn't have to be grappled with. That doesn't have to be taken seriously. That's just you. Those are the very people who go to Scripture and literally pull out a whole cloth, meanings that couldn't possibly be related to the meaning of the text. He so abuses the process of understanding Scripture that, that it makes a, a reasonable conversation about proper interpretation impossible. Let me give you another example. In conversations about the homosexual agenda, one of the things that is commonly utilized in this argument is they'll say, well, yeah, yeah, I understand that the Old Testament is against homosexuality, but, but you know, the, the Old Testament also says that, that you can't boil a goat in his mother's milk. You can't wear clothing made from two separate fabrics combined into one. What about those? Well, see, that's a slick deflection because what they're saying is, well, if some of these uh, if some of these laws, if some of these regulations of the Old Testament seem to be ridiculously outdated, then why don't we just throw the whole batch of them out? But what they fail to do is they fail to do proper exegetical study of the text. You see, all of the laws in the Old Testament are not of the same kind. There are laws that were specifically designed for the nation of Israel at a historical moment in history. For example, laws related to their health, their diet, their nutrition, the clothing that they would wear. Those laws were, 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 were for that moment in time. There are other laws that were related specifically to 
Israel's government as a nation, also targeted for a specific people in a specific time. There are other laws and homosexuality, the condemnation of homosexuality falls into this category. There are other laws who are considered to be the moral laws and those are uh, standing laws for all time as expressions of God's unchanging attitude toward what is righteous and what is unrighteous, what is holy and what is sin. So to say, well, you know, what about this or what about that? It's an excuse to not take the Bible seriously. Well, what about those people who say, well, I just don't view the Bible as an authority. Okay, I get that. There are people who say, well, I'm just not interested in what the Bible has to say because I don't think that it, that it has an authority over me. Well, here's my response to that. Let me give you some verses that you can think about this biblically. For believers, there are some things that the Bible says about itself. For example, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says this, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, even penetrating as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The Bible witnesses about itself that it is living and active. That is, it is uh, it, it is filled with the presence of the Spirit of God. We call this the Holy Bible because it is marked by the presence of God. It's not just words printed on a page that come from some ancient civilization. It is alive, it's active, it has the capacity to, to cut through to the heart of the matter in our lives. Well, let's look at another one. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says in verses... Uh, 16 and 17, all scripture is inspired by God and beneficial for teaching, for rebuke, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man or woman of God may be fully capable, equipped for every good work. Now, here's the thing. When somebody says, well, the Bible's just not an authority over me, my response is, I understand that you think that, but that doesn't change the fact that the Word of God is the standard by which I live my life. It's the basis upon which I make decisions. It's the way I shape my thinking. So I'm not going to set it aside because you don't like the Bible, because you don't think it's an authority. You know, it would be like, it would be like the policeman that stops you for speeding 95 miles an hour, and you say, well, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really recognize the authority that you have over me. You know what the policeman will say? He'll say it doesn't matter whether you recognize it or not. The authority is objective. The authority and the truthfulness of the Word of God is objective. Christians too often say, well, I need to have this debate with my neighbor without using Scripture because they don't recognize Scripture. No, you don't, you don't give that away. We use Scripture and they say, well, I don't recognize Scripture. And my answer is, it doesn't matter to me if you recognize Scripture. It's still objectively true. It's still the standard by which, we, uh, by which we make decisions. And for you to say, well, I don't believe it, or, or I don't agree with it, or your interpretation is just your interpretation, fine. Sit down with me, and let's do the hard work of exegesis and interpretation to see if we can't 
come to a common understanding of what the text objectively means. But they'll never do that because this generation is marked by intellectual laziness and they just don't want to be confronted with that. The Bible's not always easy to understand. Peter, in his writings, speaking about the writings of the Apostle Paul, says this, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse, 17, verse 16. He says, Paul, in all his letters, speaking in them of these things, in which there are some things that are hard to understand, which the untaught and unstable distort, as they do also the rest of the Scriptures, to their own destruction. He said, listen, there are some things in the Bible that are hard to understand. I grant that point. I agree with Peter. Paul says some tough stuff, but he also says it's still true. And those that are unstable, those that are unholy, will continue to twist Scripture to try and make it to their usefulness. Isn't it funny how they pick and choose the parts of Scripture that they, that they agree with? Well, God is love. God is love. God is love. God wouldn't require anything of us. God wouldn't have any standards. God is love. Yes, yes, God is love. But that doesn't mean what you think it means. There's an objective understanding of what that means in the Word of God. Can we sit down and do the hard work of interpretation? If not, I'm going to keep speaking from the Word of God. I'm going to keep teaching what the Bible means. You can dismiss me. That's just your interpretation. But I tell you, until you're willing to grapple with the text the way that I have, we really have nothing to talk about. This is Truth Currents.